Welcome to the Equipment Sources Podcast. This is Andre Williams, the owner, writer, whatever, of Equipment Sources. Today, I am joined by someone who's actually done a podcast before, but because we weren't able to uh, actually record it, we, just doing the pi- <laughs> we were doing the podcast with the assumption that it was recording, but it actually wasn't. So we're going to introduce Devin again for the first time. This is Devin Wittenberg. He is now a writer for According to Sources. Um, really cool dude. Um, I think I think um, Devin, he'd been following us on Twitter for a while, and we've been going back and forth. Basically, I think it was a lot more about, like, boxing. We've been going back mm-hmm. and forth about boxing. And um, then uh, I think one day you, you hit me up and was like, how do, how do I start writing for the, you know, for the website? And, I, you know, I'm, I'm always looking for writers. I'm like, oh, shit, somebody wants to write? <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. You know, um, send me some of your writing. Um, we got down like that now. Like, Devin is, like, you see him all over the Twitter page. He's always doing stuff on Twitter. All of his stuff goes to Facebook, too. But, um, Devin, tell the people about yourself, where you're from. Give them some information. Yep. Born, raised, and bred in Chicago. We lived in Florida for a few years, and that's where I uh, went to Florida State University, came back here, served in the Navy, and now I am a uh, competitive, successful amateur boxer in Chicago. And I also cover uh, baseball, boxing, and anything other special editorials for according to sources, and here we are. And look at that. Look 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 who dropped in out of nowhere. Mr. Robert Tate. <laughs> Money making Rob. It's been a minute, Rob. How you doing, man? Hey, we, this is my cousin. I ain't even talked I ain't, we ain't did a podcast no no how long. But um we, we got we got the crew here and you know, I, I think Rob is a little bit under the weather, so pardon him if he don't you know, he doesn't do as much talking as you would uh, expect Mr. Tate to do. But we're about to get right into it. Um we're all from Chicago. We, you know, we, we, we say this all the time. We're from Chicago. We deal with the Bulls. What the hell is going on with the Chicago Bulls? <laughs> I think. What'd you say, Rob? Real quick. What's up, Rob? Yeah, he's. Oh, no, go ahead. Go, yeah, yeah. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know what the hell it is I got, man. I called it real quick. Go, go ahead, Devin. Uh, I think if we could answer what the hell was going on with the Bulls, I think we have positions in the front office because apparently somebody up there doesn't know what the hell they're doing. Uh, maybe not. I think, maybe may not want anybody to find out what the hell is going on. With <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like melting pot with this chaos. That's that's exactly what it is because they have a winning record. That's what you could perfectly describe them as: chaos. Because there's so many different characteristics and intricates of things going on. But yet you look at their record and you see where they stand in the East and it's just how does this reflect what is actively going on? And that's where we have the challenging question of, you know, where is the problem and where is the solution? I don't know what the solution is, um, but I know there is a handful of problems that you know, we were actually talking about a little bit earlier uh, before the podcast started. Um, there, they have a leadership issue, and I was um, talking to Rob about this earlier in the day. I don't know, I, like I'm so tired of even hearing the word leadership as it applies to the Chicago Bulls. I'm tired of hearing who's the leader, who's the face, who should guys follow. I'm 
tired of all of that. You wanna know who you wanna know who the Chicago Bulls should who, who the leader should be and who they should be following? They should be following that goddamn coach. I don't wanna hear anything about them following Jimmy Butler or this this leadership by committee and all this other nonsense. Yeah, if you want a guy to be the captain to go up there when they talk to the referees, cool. But all this other nonsense that has nothing to do with basketball, I'm tired of hearing it. I'm tired of hearing about Jimmy Butler and his ascension leadership. And maybe that's just me. Am I crazy to, to think? It ain't, it ain't just you. You know, people love to compare. You know, we're, we're in the hold on, hold on, Rob. Uh, hold on, Rob. You, you, we having some technical difficulties with, with your microphone. Of course we are. That's, that's part of the course for me. It sound like <laughs> a, it sound like R2-D2. Always. <laughs> yeah. Always, always, always. Am I still acting like that? Say it again. Am I still messed up? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Go ahead, Devin, while we wait for Rob to... Uh... Oh, I was going to say, uh, I think it alludes to just the, the forced nature of... I want to say management, even though I can't really – we obviously we can't speak on that because we're from the out, outside trying to look in. But it, it looks like just because how Jimmy just blew up so fast while Derek was out, you know, they wanted him to be a leader. They wanted him to be that, you know, that verbal verbal and vocal, you know, voice in the, the locker room and the huddle. And then, I mean, I was just on Harlem the other day. This He got – he got billboards of himself. I was like, where the hell did this come from? <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's, I mean, he is just, he, he's starting to become, you know, obviously that's good for him to become, you know, become his own, become his own brand. You know, we could see him as like another player on the Bulls. You know, it's not just Derek. But at the same time with this shit that just happened the other day, you know, you're blaming your coach. Like, that's not what leaders do. And I think that's a direct result of, you know, all this being forced on him so fast and his maturity level just can't match the, you know, now, the forced leadership role that they put on him. Here's my question. Is all of this being forced on him or is he forcing this upon himself? Like, is he, he started talking about being a leader well in advance of anything. Like, mm -hmm. like, like the first thing I remember hearing about from Jimmy Butler, like to even start like training camp was about being a leader and how he needed to take a leadership uh, role in, on the team and blah, 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 leadership this, leadership that. And it's like, man, like, oh, just chill out, cuz. Like, all you have to do is play really, really, really good basketball and mm -hmm. everything else will take care of itself. For you to, like, the first thing coming out of your mouth is how you want to take a leadership position in the locker room and have the guys follow you. Like, those are things, like, you don't have to say that. If, it's, if, if you're worthy of that, it'll just happen. Nobody's going to resist the dude who's going in there and putting in the work. But if you're putting in the work and continuously talking about it, you're talk like, and then it's this attitude with Jimmy. Like, it's been this attitude all year long, like this thing where he has in his mind that nobody else works harder than Jimmy Butler or even as hard as Jimmy Butler. We all know Jimmy Butler works very, very hard. But the idea that nobody on the Bulls works as hard as him is asinine to me. Completely ridiculous. You had guys coming back from multiple injuries and, and surgeries last year just so that they could play basketball. If they're not working hard to get back on the court, what the hell are they doing? So I think his mentality is breed, is bringing a lot of animosity his way, but it doesn't necessarily have to be like that. 
he could just chill out. And and not to forget that that huge contract probably gave him some like some sense of entitlement. Like, well, if you're not gonna pay me all this money, I need to act like this. I need to be like this. But, that's oh, goddamn. It's it's hard. <laughs> but you don't have to. You don't have to act a different right. way just because you got that money. You got that money because of who you were, right? Like you. This mm-hmm. is the player that you were. If you continue to be that player and just improve upon it. The leadership will come, like people will follow you. But if you if you change up what got you to where you were to begin with, then no, people aren't going to follow you anymore. Like, well, we thought you were this guy, and now you're somebody completely different. Now, who the hell are we supposed to be a follower? Because it's not this dude. This isn't this isn't Jimmy Butler. I don't even know who this guy is. I I don't know. It's I know one thing though. This team has a very very small window to decide whether or not this season is going to be a complete and utter failure or if they're going to actually be able to do something with it. They have, like, mm-hmm. maybe a, a month to get it in order. Um, and if they can't, then they're going to blow this whole damn thing up at the end of the season. They might need to blow it up anyway. I mean, shit. It's, it's not working. None <laughs> of it is working. Um, I wish Derek was playing better. I don't know what I mean. I don't know what he can do to play better. It's not like he's not because everyone last year like Derek is shooting too many three pointers. He's taking too many threes, and now Derek is not taking three pointers. He's going to the basket, and he just can't hit layups. So I don't. I'm not sure what he's supposed to do there. Um, Pal Gasol. I don't even. I, I I don't even know what to say about Pal. Uh, the last game I saw Pal do good in was in the, was in the Cavs. And wasn't that the first game of the season? <laughs> the first game of the season. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, I was like, where the hell has he gone? Like, what happened? He's no longer. Uh, he used to. He was never really good on defense, but at the very least, he would get those um those blocks like timely block shots and stuff like that. Now he's not even doing that. He's not even getting those timely block shots. He's just not doing anything. He never comes over to help on defense. I don't know. Pal Gasol, I mean, I think we all can – we all pretty much know that he, he's going to be gone at the end of the season. He's he's gone as far as to say that. Mm-hmm. We're going to be seeing um, Pal Gasol in a Bulls uniform um, next year. That's. But, I think that's why it was so beneficial for – I mean, not beneficial, but he 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 played so well in a Thibodeau run offense because Thibodeau's offense didn't require you basically to do anything. You could, it was it was the most, I mean, ordinary offense that you could run, and Powell thrived in that. Yeah, it was a lot of, of like, um, not, a lot of post ups, a lot of isolations, things of that nature, where Powell can get the ball and go to work, and that's mm-hmm. I mean that's what he's he's used to doing. Now they have this. This new offense where you're asking him to, you know, move around a little bit more than he's used to, stay around on the perimeter a little bit more than he's used to, you know, do some things that he's not necessarily comfortable with. This is kind of the same thing that happened with uh, Mike D'Antoni, and you, you saw how that how that relationship ended. It did not end very well. With Powell being right. on the bench and kind of complaining about it a little bit, it didn't it didn't go very well. So. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I like Pal. I've always liked Pal. I just don't think that this is necessarily the best place for him to be if this is the offense we're going to run. 
I think uh, right. Bobby Portis will probably be better suited for what we're doing because Bobby feels comfortable out on um, the perimeter. He doesn't have a problem mm-hmm. with shooting threes. Uh, that you know they do that. Um, uh, the pick and the pick and pop with the, the like the one five pick and pop or the two five pick and pop. Bobby has no problem with extending that past the three point line, whereas uh, Cal has a big problem with it. So I don't know, man. And and, um, and Bobby's so athletic. I mean, if you I was watching some of this stuff from like Horberg's offense at Iowa State translating to the NBA, like all those fours and those threes, like they 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 thrive off of the pick and pop. Because if they could pump fake, drive to the basket, kick it out, like they, it required them to be athletic and be able to be swift on their feet. Now, once he's set, he's set. That's it. He's not moving, <laughs> especially yeah. when he's on the perimeter. Especially defensively. But mm-hmm. I digress. <laughs> I just have to throw another goddamn shot out there, pal, his inability to step over and at the very least offer up some resistance. But that's how he is um, offensively as well. He. He just doesn't. He doesn't move. He doesn't want to move. He wants to set that screen and stand up there and hit that jump shot. And the thing that's bothering me is that he's not necessarily hitting that jump shot as much as I would like to see him hit it. Like that's becoming a huge issue for me. If you're gonna take that jump shot as often as he's taking it, I want him to hit it at a much higher rate than he's hitting. Like last year, that was a, a guaranteed two points, and now this year, I don't feel like that. I don't feel right. like when he gets that that mid-range jump shot that it's a guaranteed two points. Like it might be a two point, it might not be. And then once somebody um he misses it, then they start running out. Next thing you know, Pal Gasol is nowhere to be found. Like you can't find Pal, he's nowhere to be found, and the guy, his man is running out for easy layup, easy buckets. Like it's it, and it's happening all the time. So if he's not gonna hit that shot, I prefer him to not take it at all. That that's my my stance on it. Don't take the goddamn shot if you're not gonna hit it. Goddamn it! I'm, I'm, I've had enough of this. Enough. Um, uh, who else has been bothering me on the Chicago Bulls? It kind of sucks. Uh, Joe Kim was starting to play really really well, and then then he gets hurt. He's gonna be gone for probably. About well, good news is it's uh, only a few weeks. It's not as bad because the first thing I saw, the first thing I thought of is when. When when Dwayne Wade, remember when he sprained he sprained his shoulder? Yeah, they said that's, ex- that's exactly yeah. what I thought it was like. Yeah, they said two weeks, and then they'll um, evaluate him after that. So I'm expecting that after those two weeks are over, he's gonna probably be gone for another two weeks. I'm, I'm just gonna say he's gone for a month, um, just to be safe. The the one good thing about it is that 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 means that Bobby is gonna um, be able to play uh, a couple more minutes. Because now there'll be some some room for him to play, but Joe Kim was really coming into his own um, in the offense and and all of that. And I prefer to see him playing a little bit more, just like he would, because he didn't he did he wasn't really feeling playing you know this twenty minutes a game shit. He wanted to play minutes, like you know what I'm saying. He's like, mm-hmm. where's my minutes at? Like I'm used to playing twenty five uh, thirty thirty five minutes a game, and now I'm playing twenty twenty five minutes a game. He's wondering where the hell his minutes are gonna come from. So. I understand that because I want to see Joe Kim play a little bit more. Uh, now we, I mean, we gotta, we gotta keep moving on because I know uh, Rob ain't feeling good. We gotta talk about the trash. Am I, brothers. Am I muted? No, nah, you good now, bro. Oh. Okay. We gotta talk about the trash brothers. The trash brothers. Yeah, Tony Snell and Nico. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! 
<laughs> real, real quick, one, one quick thing before you move on to that. Um, just being here in Chicago and listening to all the what people are saying about the Bulls and Jimmy and and you know especially Derek. Nobody takes power to to task at all. Nobody says everything you just said, Dre. About Powell, nobody, nobody talks about him not playing defense, him not jumping, him not moving, not, not boxing out, not boxing <laughs> out. You know, I, I the uh, I, I forget the guy on Twitter. I don't know if it's Basketball Insider, but like he despises Powell. Like he <laughs> every time a video every 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 Bulls game. If you follow, uh, is it is it Basketball Insider? Drew? I think it's I, I think, think it's Ball Insiders, Ball Insiders. Any if you why if you follow him on Twitter. And you and you're watching the Bulls game. He'll post five or six videos of Powell not moving. <laughs> like he, he literally like, watched. This is disgusting. Yeah, he was like, I can't stand this guy. And like, I forget what game it was, but my man came around off the screen, and Powell was standing there right in front of him, and he moved back. He he moved. He let him go to the to the yeah. rack. It's a uh, it's at B Ball Breakdown for. Uh, okay. Anyone that wants to go and follow him, yeah, at B Ball Breakdown. He's really good. Yeah, he's really good. Go and give him a follow. Um, I don't know what's going on with Powell. I think he might just be playing the season out because he saw the writing on the wall last year when, like, the team. Like, th- here's the thing with the Chicago Bulls, and I don't want to spend too much time on, on them. It just looks like, and I said this last year, and I thought it was just like, you know, from the pressure of playing with Thibs and the front office having their issues, it just doesn't look like they are having any fun. Nope. It doesn't look Not like they all. enjoy playing basketball. They don't nope. enjoy each other. Nope. It's like everybody, everybody so comes nine in. to fivers. Yep, they come in, they, they do their job, they leave, and they never talk to one another again. And that's just it. Like this yeah, is the people just, that I work with. That's just not a good mix. You know, you listen to uh, athletes on that's on the radio or anywhere else say, "Well, you don't have to like each other, but you have to respect each other." Like I, I don't, I, I believe that to a point. But you, you gotta have, have to, some people that like yeah, each other. You, yeah, you gotta some like each other some kind of way because that that reflect on the court. If you decide, you know, I don't really like this dude, I'm not gonna pass him the ball. I mean, that's that's a play that you're potentially messing up. Like I know, I know Jim. No, no, no. Joe and Derek are really close. I know that. But outside of Joe and Derek, I don't know who on the Chicago Bulls are actual like friends. You know, who do you know on the Chicago Bulls that are friends? I, I, I know, can't. I know. The year before last, when uh, Boozer was there, and uh, and uh, little Nate Robinson, they was forever posting pictures with them all together. Hanging mm-hmm. out, you know, whatever, kicking it. You don't see that anymore. Yeah, they they, they gone now. <laughs> they still <laughs> friends. They just ain't playing <laughs> in the NBA. They, they they still good. I mean, they might be the, the the greatest of friends, but they don't play for Chicago Bulls no more. So there's really no camaraderie. Like you see, like, like you see when Derek does anything good, who is the first person that gets up off the uh, uh, off the bench? Usually, Joe Kim. Pointing. Joe Kim is pointing like as pointing he's now. trying yeah. trying his best to get you know get Derek up. Like yeah, he wants him to know that he's there for him. Uh, you know, I don't really see that. Like. Anywhere else, I don't see that type of camaraderie. It's like, okay, Derek and, and Joe, but after that, where does that come from? Like, who, who, who also? I, I, I didn't want to believe that when, that when all that stuff was going on. I didn't want to believe it. It's like, nah, I think this is probably, you know, 
But but once Jimmy had chances to to dead and he didn't to dead stuff when he could have just been like, nah, that's not what it is. It's you know we cool, we good, and he just didn't. And it's like, all right, that's probably something there. And I was in denial, and it's probably not nothing. But when you got a chance to just get it, then it's it's probably something there. And then he always got comments. He always saying something. Always saying something. And that's the first, like uh, Casey John uh, John Johnson. Casey Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can't remember what his goddamn name was. I follow Casey, and I'm always. <laughs> I, I feel like uh, like Chris Tucker. In uh, uh, rush hour is it is it Kelsey or Chelsea? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he he said something. He was like, for all of the stuff that Derek gets, you know, for like clunky comments, he makes some bad comments from time to time. Derek from the mm. south side of Chicago, that motherfucker know how to talk. Yeah, um, <laughs> we've all established that that he's not the most eloquent speaker. But he's never once not had teammates back. He's always been the rah-rah teammate guy forever in the day. It doesn't matter yeah, who even, you are. Even after this situation with, with, uh, with what Jimmy said. He's always did you, behind did you. Did Jimmy said? Always. I mean, not, not Jimmy. Did you hear what Rose said? What, what did he say? Because I, I, I didn't get to hear anything. He, he, hear said he, he was like, no. Nah. He's like, everything is cool. We're all good. Yeah, but, but you, you know what? You know what was funny, though? Because then when he said that, and then people were like, oh, oh oblivious Derrick Rose. Like, no, this isn't Derrick Rose being oblivious. This is him being a grown-ass man and not trying to keep some shit going on. Like, y'all want Derrick to just be like the shit all over Jimmy, which is probably what y'all want so that y'all can shit yeah. all over Derrick. Like, yeah. But he's like, that's just not the type of person that he is. This is the dude who backed Keith Bogans, and we all know Keith Bogans is fucking bad. Oh, Keith Bogans is so trash. God damn, you had to bring him up? But oh. Derrick, Rowe, Derrick Rowe said, that's my shooting guard. I'm rolling with Keith Bogans. You know, that's just, I mean, because he's, that's just the type of guy that he is. That's the type of person he is. He may not always say the right things, but he ain't never saying the wrong thing out of, like, some bad place. And I feel like we've gotten to a point with Jimmy where he's saying things out of the wrong place. Like, and I hear a lot of, like, a, a lot of um, justification for what Jimmy is saying. Well, maybe it was good that Jimmy it's said It's all this. over the place. All over the place. Nobody's taking this kid to task. Over what he's saying. Well, maybe Jim, maybe that maybe that's something that Jimmy needs. It's, it's the truth. It's the truth. It's the truth. It's okay. What? what? No, it's not okay. That's never okay. It's never okay <laughs> to talk to you to talk about your coach like that. It's never been okay to talk to your coach like that. And I don't. And and, and if it was Derrick Rose, man, it would have been some furniture moving. It'd have been hell oh in the city. Oh my god! They did twenty-four hour Derrick talk if it was him about. And and I, and it was crazy because it was a whole bunch of Derrick Rose talk the the day that he was like, yeah, we need to do something to maybe get the you know for, so that we could get back or get some energy going. Maybe guys um do this, maybe some better play calls. And it wasn't uh, some different play calls. I don't even think he said better play calls. He and he didn't even say different. He said some play calls to get us in, to get us uh with some better energy. And it was like people talking about like Derrick Rose is calling out his uh, coach. No, he isn't. He's just saying we just need to find a way to get some better energy. I don't understand. Like Jimmy literally called his coach out. He and said he needs to be a better coach. No shit. You need to be a, you can still be a better player. I don't think I like Jimmy uh, Butler nearly as much as Jimmy Butler likes Jimmy Butler and that is a problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be a fan really of Jimmy is. Butler. Jimmy Butler is a bigger fan of himself than I am, and that is a fucking <laughs> problem. All Jimmy does is talk about Jimmy now, and I, I don't understand. Hands off, Jimmy. Hands off, Jimmy. 
don't touch Jimmy. <laughs> and that's how everybody feels now. It's like I, I feel like you know, I, I think I, I think I was talking to my brother, and I use like a Batman analogy, right? I feel like Derek is. You remember the end of um, the Dark Knight Return? Not the Dark Knight Returns. Um, what was the second one? Whatever the second Batman was. Um, and Harvey Dent would have went through his goddamn Two Face um, shit, and Batman didn't let him be the bad guy. I feel like Derek is Batman, and fucking Jimmy Butler is uh, Harvey Dent, where every <laughs> goddamn thing that could possibly be that goes wrong with the Chicago Bulls, even if it's Jimmy Butler, gets dumped on. Derrick Rose. Like, somehow people are making this out to be like, well, if Derrick was playing better, Jimmy wouldn't have to say anything. Like, yeah. 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 Because it's like, well, you know, Jimmy's scoring 30 and, you know, 34 and, and career high. It's like, well, yeah, because he's, you know, you, when you're playing isolation basketball, like, I would hope you would be able to score points. Didn't we talk about this yesterday, Rob, when I told you, I don't like watching Jimmy Butler play basketball. Mm-hmm. I don't enjoy it. I mean, he said it himself. I mean, and I'm sure you you heard all the complaints about what you know with the offense and what he was complaining about. Yeah, he needed touches and immediate posts and and isolations and all this other stuff. More isolations and all that kind of garbage. It's like, wait, what? No, you don't. If he sat his ass down. (laughs) No, you don't, boy. If you don't get your ass. I hit his ass with that mo, you know that the hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yo, yo. So there's a somebody posted a picture uh, maybe a month or so ago on Twitter. Uh, it was like one of my favorite things to do in the summertime is roast marshmallows. But he got the he got the hand like this. Yeah. He got the marshmallows. Someone roast the marshmallows. One of my favorite pictures ever, Doc. It's so fucking hilarious. I saw it, and I must have saw it at like 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, and I was literally in tears every time I look at it. My favorite thing to do is roast marshmallows in the summer. Oh, my God. That shit is fucking hilarious. Okay. That's so fucking creative. We, we've talked that about that nigga, that nigga, Jimmy needs the hand. Somebody needs need somebody to put their hand and say, you need <laughs> That's the problem, man. Derry needs the south side of him. That the real south side to come out on Jimmy. Right. Boy, if you don't get your ass. Derry, fade, have an ass. Yo, hot yeah. top fade, pop mark face, have an ass. Boy, <laughs> <laughs> just get all right. Then Reggie come out too and just start oh. roasting him. Boy, if you don't get your twenty-one jersey wearing ass. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy, old country, he has to be all confused. He'd be like, wait, but I, but I do wear 21. I know it's 21. <laughs> you 11 plus 10 jersey wearing ass. <laughs> country ass. Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift listening ass. <laughs> Just keep going on and on and on. Like, boy, this is what this is what we're gonna do to you, Jimmy. Every single time. Every single time you start getting crazy, we just start talking shit. You gonna put your ass over the spit, boy. <laughs> Let your ass <laughs> Uh I was um I was gonna uh, I'm 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 letting Devin uh get his uh get his stuff off right now, man. We we wanna talk about the Bulls, but I know he had a couple things that he wanted to talk about. So I'm gonna go ahead and, and let him let him get his uh get his shit out, man. Because we like, I like- well, we did a podcast. Me and Devin did a whole podcast, man. It was like and it was great. 
It was. It was like a good hour-long podcast. We was joking up in here. We even got a real introduction for Devin because this one was real quick. We'd already done this before, so I was, we, ain't, we ain't doing that again. Y'all, this is Devin. <laughs> Let's move. But, uh, but I wanted to go ahead and get get his stuff off because he has a couple things he wants to talk to. What's to talk about? What's the first thing you want to get to, Devin? I like to talk about the the mastermind and the powerful genius of Theo Epstein. Even though Brian Cashman is is as our fans don't know, I'm a diehard Yankees fan. Brian Cashman is 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 a god to a lot of New Yorkers. Theo Epstein is surely, like slowly but surely becoming, I mean, he's going to be putting baseball folklore if the Cubs win the World Series. He did it with Boston, obviously. They won two. They they fired off another one that he basically built that team, but he was already gone. And now this team was, I mean, what, a series away from the World Series last year? So instead of saying we're just going to, you know, Sit idle. Keep everything. We'll, we'll keep everything. Is. Keep everything cool. We'll keep everything that we you, that we have, and we'll build off of that. He's like, oh no, to hell with that. Keep adding more. He goes out and gets Ben Zobris, and a lot of people didn't realize that. I was reading about this from I think it was uh, Tom Verducci. He tweeted it like maybe a, a a day after the Royals won the World Series. He said that there were roughly thirty eight scouts at the whole World Series. They were all there watching. And just basically just reporting back to their their respectful clubs about Ben Zobris. What did Theo do? What did he, he went out? He's like, we lost, but guess what? I'm gonna get the best player that I can find out of this World Series. Goes and gets him. Everybody and their mom thought that Jason Hayward was gonna stay with the Cardinals. What did he do? <laughs> he went right down 55 and, and stole him. <laughs> he is slowly but surely. He's not trying to just win a World Series for the Cubs. He's trying to win multiple World Series and make this like a, a – I mean, if you just look at their lineup, Zobris, Hayward, Schwarber, Bryant, you don't even have to put them in a particular order. Those four guys alone are just going to – the ball's going to be on Sheffield every afternoon. It's ridiculous what he's doing. And I don't think that a lot is being put in, into it right now, especially in the off season. But because it is the Cubs, I mean, a hundred and some odd years of not winning, it's hard for you to invest something, even if they got all the right names. But I mean, it's becoming almost undeniable now that they're almost a lock to not not win the World Series, but to be always in the playoffs and always making. Yeah, they're always going to be there for the next at least ten years. At least, yeah. They'll always at least the next ten years. I mean, it would have to take some serious stuff going really, really wrong for them to not be one of the better uh, teams in the league. The thing, the, thing, yeah, the thing about it is, all of these cats are like under twenty-five. They're fucking kids. All <laughs> of them. All of them are under kids. twenty-five, and they have you know, even though I know that. Um, Chris Bryan is now suing the Cubs because of the way it happened, because of the way they they you know they kept control over him by not bringing him up for those twelve days when the season started. So now he's suing, you know, as he has a grievance filed. So the Cubs basically have control over these kids too because they're all kids and they're all you know signed up for you know the next three or four years. And when that, when the time comes, they'll definitely be paying up on these cats. They're not gonna let them go because they'll, nah, they'll, they'll, they'll be coming into their their prime. 
the Cubs did the right thing, man. And, and I've said it before. I'm not a Cubs fan. I hate the Cubs. I'm a white guy. But they, <laughs> they did the right thing. They did what they were supposed to do to ensure that they uh, that they kept these guys for as long as, as they possibly could. And, I mean, anybody who says anything differently is stupid. And I'll be the first to admit that. You're stupid. They, they did what they're supposed to do. To protect, to protect their, uh, their, their, their organization. Looking back, we all everybody knew that. Even even the Cubs fans that were complaining about them not bringing a kid up, and it was because it was the, the season was just starting, so people were anxious. They wanted to see him. But you, I mean, even if you called up to a radio show complaining about him not being brought up when the season first started, I, I would have to think in the back of your in your head, you got to be going, all right, is this twelve games really worth it? I mean, like, I mean be be honest with yourself. <laughs> have control over this kid now. For the next few years, or bring him up, you know, for the season to start when it's not necessary. I mean, what's more important? And I think anybody that that was calling the show early, you know, now understands. You know, I was probably being a jackass by complaining about that. It's probably the best decision they could have made. Yeah, there's a lot of other things we could be complaining about. And and it was much more of an underlying issue within that because the Cubs knew directly because Theo Epstein was, I think, he was working with Seattle. When Seattle got Alex Rodriguez, when Seattle got A Rod, the Alex Boris Scott Boris was his agent at the time, who was also Chris Bryant's agent right now. He was all about no, no, this kid is ready right now. He doesn't need the minors. He doesn't yeah, need any fact. of that. He can play money. right now, and he yeah, wasn't lying. He wasn't like Alex. He came out from jump, just like no, I got it. He he obviously he wasn't the you know triple crown you know steroid up Alex's later on in his Seattle career, but he was ready. And was Seattle awesome. Seattle yeah. did the same thing. They were like, no, 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 we'll, we'll, we'll keep him under. Because mm-hmm. because of the arbitration years at like the fourth or fifth year of their career, Dio was like, oh, no, we're not going to get hustled by you. I mean, Boris can try to sue him all he wants. He might get not maybe a, a decision in court, but he will get some type of you know arbitrary cash flow back into Brian's pocket. But the Cubs made the right decision. Yeah, every course. day, every day. So um, now we just gotta wait to see if they add another arm to that rotation. I mean, they added a, 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 a 126-year-old John Lackey from, uh, from, the, from the Cardinals. Which I mean, yeah. I, I guess I'm cool with if, he, if he's your third or fourth guy. Fourth is, I guess. Yeah, the fourth starter is, is decent. I'm, I'm cool. I mean, you know, that's fine. It's only for a couple of years, so that's fine. So they they need at least one more arm in there. And then maybe another bullpen arm. They, they, I was. I'm not gonna say I was shocked, but them trading away Castro for a, 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 essentially a bullpen arm. I guess. I mean, he had the hottest yeah. bat in, in baseball at the end of the season last year. But I, I, I guess they they had it pretty much set in their head that he was gone, regardless of what he was doing. You can yeah. break all the you, you can break yeah. all the records you want, and you know go crazy all you want, but you gone. Yeah, I think that was for, that was a foregone conclusion. That was uh that was gonna happen no matter what. But um, enough of these goddamn Cubs. What else you want to talk? <laughs> what else you want to talk about? I mean, I, you know what? I, I I mean, it's a good thing for the Cubs. I'm happy with what the White Sox have done in this off season. Um, they yeah, not, not to be outdone. They made some pretty yeah, they made some pretty good. Yeah, they movies, really did. So. I don't have no problem with what they're doing. They got some young guys. They they gonna be. They got right. the Todd father, <laughs> Todd Frazier. I can't believe they pulled that off. 
nobody could believe they got they got rid of him. I was I was convinced that the Reds were keeping that dude around. Yeah. And not, not letting him go anywhere. I'm like, they ain't gonna have no reason to have anybody come to their games if, if he's not there. And mm-hmm. White Sox came in and said, Nope. We got that. <laughs> um what else? What else was on the menu for you, uh, Devin? I know you had a couple, a uh, couple things on your menu. I'd like to go back to we we previously talked about this in our last podcast that didn't make it through, but at I think it was roughly four weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, Dre, when we did that. Something like that. Our yeah. last podcast. It was something like that, but at the time I was saying, is there any way that Adam Gase is going to stay with the Bears as an offensive coordinator? No. Or would he just become a coach? And but now it's just like, I mean, because because of the Bears have been so skittish, which I can really blame Robbie Gold. What was it? Two out of the last three games, he yeah, <laughs> he blew him. But Jay Cutler is still balling. I mean, he's still he's still not balling, but I mean, like he's he's changed, man. Like the he's last good for past few years, it's totally yeah, different he, from the Jay Cutler been... that we all come to know. <clears throat> It's, it's it's a maturity thing, because yeah, I, I mean you know people have said it to their blue in the face about his talent. We all know he has a talent. He's always just been a head case. I think you know you just you can't really tell him anything. He's always been the guy that's been like super talented and wants to get by off his talent and not listening mm-hmm. to people and you know and doing things the right way. Like maybe it, it whether it being his footwork and you know getting the ball out when he should. He's oh, Jeff George. Yeah, I've always said that. He's Jeff <laughs> yeah. George. Yeah, just, um, just you know, just just do your footwork correctly and 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 get the ball out on time and not take so many sacks. I mean, that was that's always been a big problem of his. Crazy you know? strength in his arm. Ridiculous strength. Not too bright. <laughs> but you know, always... he said his 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 dude growing up was Brett Favre. I mean. If you're trying to be like Brett Favre, everybody can't do it. <laughs> no, everybody can't do what Brett Favre is doing. And hell, not even Brett Favre can do it with any type of consistency. If we want to be honest about it, Brett Favre I mean, had his ups and downs too. So I mean, if Brett Favre is like one of the greatest quarterbacks, and that shit didn't work for him at all times. It damn sure ain't gonna work for you. Exactly. But as far as, far as Adam Gates, though, I don't. I think even with the Bears' offensive, I mean, they've they've had some issues though. Even with that, I and mean, I think people are still going to be knocking down this dude's door pretty hard. And I, I got a feeling that, that there's no chance that he's here. I mean, when you get as close as he got to getting the job last uh, season, when he, yeah. when he, when he probably should have got the, the Niners job. The yeah. gig, I mean, that, that job was supposed to have been his. Uh, I forget what the issue was. But uh, I think they wanted him to have someone as a defensive coordinator or something. I can't remember exactly. Yeah, what it was. I think it was it was something about what it, what his staff was going to be. Yeah, it was but, probably because they wanted to keep Tom Sula. Yeah, and um, that clown. Yeah, He's like, I, don't, I don't want that dude. And who the, who's the, who can how can how can you blame him? Tom Sula is yeah. a clown. Yeah. No, I don't. That remains to be seen because the team just isn't really in the league. So who knows? Um, we'll see. But yeah, I, I think he's going to he's going to go someplace else and get himself a head coaching job and something like you said, something he should have already done a while back. Uh, I don't know where the Bears would be if, if uh, Robbie uh, Gold was able to hit even a, a, just the normal of normal uh, chip shots. Normal, normal shit. 
I was trying to tell somebody that that dude got the yips now, man, and that's not something that a, that a, a, anybody, any athlete. It's athlete. just like a closing pitcher. I, I mean, it's almost exactly like a closing pitcher. Like once he just loses that edge, and like just like you said, Dre, like once they get the, the yips in him, like that's it. It's it's nothing that you can do to try to coach and try to help them. Nope. They have to find a way out of that themselves. Who was it? Was it Chuck Nabla? Who just couldn't throw to uh no who was it I can't remember who it was it was some um some some baseball player he just couldn't throw the ball to first base he just lost the ability John Lester no 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 it's like a little bit uh I want to say it is Chuck Knobloch like, Chuck Knobloch that was like after he after he got into it with like uh <laughs> with Joe Torre. <laughs> and they were just like, all right, we got to get his ass on out of here. Man, he just couldn't. He was throwing the ball into the stands like yeah, any opportunity he could. Shit, this ball's going. I'm selling this bitch. And <laughs> that was at the end of his career. Like he couldn't do anything anymore. But um, I, don't, I don't think I don't think uh, Robbie is is like done or anything. I think he, he's still able to kick. I think he's just going through a, tr- a tough stretch. I think he'll be fine. He's just having a rough time right now. Yeah, because guys can kick until they're like ninety five. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's 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 what I kept saying. I'm like, I don't think he's done because I mean, he, he should be okay to to continue to kick. He's not like he's a fat, overweight dude. I mean, mm-hmm. he just can't hit a basketball anymore. Yeah. What else you have on the agenda, um, Devin? I think I this is my final one, and I'm gonna uh, try to close up shop here. I was I really am a so my mom has been the Bulls and the Blackhawks uh, vice president of uh, nutrition personnel for roughly almost 20 years now. And we've just, I mean, even before she worked for them, we grew up on the Bulls, just like all three of us here. And uh, it has really come to my attention that I need to speak out against Steph Curry and his clown of bandits. Uh, I refuse to let anybody else try to tell me that this team don't even don't even put them in the same conversation. Don't not the same paragraph. It's, make it another day where you even bring up the seventy-two and ten Bulls, and you want to have it in somewhat type of correlation with the Warriors. I want people to realize that you had the greatest player, arguably one of the greatest athletes to ever play sports putting on a Bulls uniform. Then you had one of the most skilled defenders, underrated defenders of all time, and Scottie Pippen. And then let me throw it at you. You got the cheat code and the Croatian sensation, uh, Tony Kukoc, coming off the bench. I refuse to let people try to tell me that this Warriors team is so good when you don't run the facts and the stats of how – I mean, they were destroying people. Their point differential, their, their – uh, I, I think it was – I think – uh, Tim Legler brought it up the other day on ESPN. The the 72 and 10 Bulls, their team efficiency rating was it was like something out of a video game. That's how good they were, in a, in a sense of successfully getting assist on every scoring play, getting getting baskets, and then getting to the free throw line. I think their free throw percentage that season uh, broke a record at the time, which was later broken. They were so incredibly good, and it was effortless. No, I don't the, the, like. I don't it's like got me by the Bucks. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to do this. <laughs> I don't even like comparing, you know, eras different like that. Era. Like it's a completely different thing. 
ah. different different era, different ways of playing basketball. But I'll say this. I think that the Bulls would adjust to today's basketball game a hell of a lot better than they would adjust to playing the Bulls game. Like, like oh, you yeah. said, you have Tony Kukoc, Scotty Pippen, Michael Jordan, Dennis Rodman. Those are guys that you can put out on the floor at any time, and they can guard anybody, switch on every pick and roll, and Scotty can literally guard anybody that that um, and Mike, anybody that that Golden State puts on the floor. So it's a different game of basketball. It's more uh, reliance on the three point shot. But if, if we're just talking about simple, who who I think would be better in, in like a game, like it depending not, and it doesn't depend on what era it's in. Yeah, I think the seventy-two and ten Bulls are a better team mm-hmm. than that I than that it, team is. I think I my my perfect way to try to describe them is they're they're a generational team. You could put them in any era, any generation, and they're they're so good at adapting just because their size, their length. And their their basketball IQ, like I was thinking about it, like I almost wanted to bust out 2K and try to do it myself. But imagine Rodman or even Pippen guarding Draymond Green. Like I don't think that would work out well for for Green, <laughs> to be honest with you. Especially if it's Pippen, because he could play on offense too. He could play defense. Rodman maybe not as much as in a, in a sense of like you know Draymond. Yeah, it would, would probably Pippen. it would probably be more so Pippen than it would be Rodman. Right. And I just can't do it. I can't. I, I I almost had to channel my inner Skip Bayless whenever I hear people talk about this. They 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 may very well be uh, like a generational team, but I think I think we should let them get there before we start crowning them as such. Like before they get there, they won a championship. They're blowing teams out. They may very well win seventy two games or whatever. But let's let's allow them the room to grow into an all-time great team before we bestow that honor upon them. Who knows? They mess around and fall by the wayside. Like a lot of champions do. They may they may win two championships and then that's it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, injuries happen all the goddamn time. Look at the Chicago Bulls. They didn't win a championship, but they damn sure should have if you want to be honest about it. Like, the Bulls probably would have won a championship had Derrick Rose not got injured. So we need to allow these things to happen. You know, before we start putting them in all-time greats, like people are putting Miami, the Miami Heat, as like all-time great team, but they won two championships, and I don't know if we can call them an all-time great team for winning two championships. Nah. All right, so let's let's let let's let it breathe. Like I know, you know, it's the flavor of the the moment right now. We got to talk about the Warriors. But give it some time to see how it all works out, how it shakes out. Anything, Kevin? I think that was. I think that was really it. I. Uh, that I. I really had to say something about that. I am sick of those clowns. <laughs> this is driving you nuts, huh, Dad? I, it really yeah. has. It really has because I don't. Th- I. I'm not a Steph Curry hater, but, but I know a hot hand when I see it. And if I think, <laughs> I think OJ Mayo tried to. I think he tried to pull a 187 on Steph Curry the other night, and it didn't work out well for him. It's funny. I, I, 
Like I, I read somewhere that someone was like Stephen Curry is this generation's Michael Jordan. And I had to do like see a, shit like that. <laughs> see, see what I'm talking about? It was somebody. It was somebody. I ain't gonna say important, but it was somebody significant that said that too. Who was? Yeah, it? and I'm just like, wait. I'm like, wait. Who, who the hell said that? I, I saw it too. It was somebody on ESPN, like a former player or something, wasn't it? Yeah, it, was I, it was a former player. I can't remember who it was. I can't remember who it was, but I was just like, wait, what? This generation's Michael Jordan. I'm like, why? Like, what has he done to be this generation's Michael Jordan? Like, can, can we just can we just chill out? Can we just chill out for a second here? Like, Michael we... Jordan won his Finals MVP. <laughs> let's, but we need to really chill out on like every time someone does very well, like we're immediately going to the Michael Jordan comparisons. Like, just enough with that. Let these guys be these guys, and let's just allow them to be who they are. They don't have to be Michael Jordan. Like everybody isn't Michael Jordan. Nobody is Michael. Jordan. Michael ain't even Michael. <laughs> <laughs> He ain't even like, him no more. Michael Jordan was, was like Haley's uh, comic, man. He's a so once in a lifetime. Uh, Jason Kidd said it. Yeah, Jason lost his damn mind. Yeah, he don't yeah, even man. he don't know what's he, going on up there. Jason Kidd back on that sauce, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that is. I, I I know a person on that sauce when he's saying something like that. Stop drinking. I think there was a couple things I wanted to talk about, but I, I honestly can't remember them right now. Um, I'm so I'm gonna let uh, Devin go ahead and get his, his his final words out. Roger that. Uh, damn. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to make it brief, and my eyes are starting to get heavy. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it, man. Um, <clears throat> on uh, December 12th at UFC 194. Uh, Conor McGregor and Jose Aldo stepped into the octagon. It was supposed to be a a well-produced, heavily coordinated. It, it was supposed to be, you know, basically the fight of all fights to end the 2015 UFC year. 13 seconds later, and a check hook to the chin of Jose Aldo. Conor McGregor is the new uh, champion. Of his division, there is no more two belts. He's a unified champion. And uh, people crowned him as they should. And shortly after, Conor McGregor hit the streets of Vegas, hit the streets of L.A., and he blew his cash at an unprecedented rate, according to the people who watch him. And everybody seemed to not have a single problem with him doing it. However... I do recall arguably one of the greatest fighters in boxing history doing the same thing, his name being Floyd Money Mayweather. Uh, Floyd was, ever since he fought Oscar De La Hoya in what was proclaimed to be the fight to save boxing, uh, he was basically demonized for being uh, just a prize fighter, which that's what I thought he was. Um, and as a matter of fact, I was I was with my girl. We were <laughs> in Walgreens the other night, and I looked at a magazine, which was GQ, and 2015's least liked people. Floyd Mayweather was ranked number 30th, and there was a huge picture of. If you guys follow us on Twitter, you can see I I tweeted a picture of it the other day. It's a Floyd uh, with a rolled up dollar bill in his mouth, 
eerily resembling something out of a menstrual show, which I find to be horribly distaste, distasteful. Uh, and it's saying that Floyd hustled us and he stole all of our money when he fought Manny Pacquiao. <laughs> and it just seems to me that this double standard that people are living in. I mean, Conor McGregor, yeah, he's, he's very good. He's a talented fighter. The boy has been here for all of two minutes. I mean, I mean, you can't even say that he defended his belt because he was, it was a unification fight. I mean, Ronda Rousey just got the brakes beat off of her ass, and she was ending all her fights in the first round. Nobody felt hustled. Nobody felt deceived. But because Floyd went out and he did it his way, and he flossed all his money, and at the same time, which I might add, he owned himself. He never – he wasn't under a promotional company because he owned a promotion company. He never uh, had major sponsors because he didn't believe in that. He, he believed in selling himself, and that's exactly what he did. But because he didn't give Americans the bloodbath that they wanted, uh, because he did it his way, he was to be demonized, and he shouldn't be recognized as being one of the most talented boxers of all time. Uh, we need to really step back and take a look at ourselves because we all know what the underlying issue is here and why Floyd is treated the way he is and Conor McGregor is treated the way he is. And that's it. Because his hair is blonde. Doesn't he got blonde hair? Is it blonde? Is it blonde He's hair? Irish. I, th he, I think it's like dirty yeah. blonde or something yeah. like that. Yeah, it's more... Dirty blonde? Like reddish, kind of. Yeah, reddish. He's Irish. You got anything, Rob? Uh, hopefully I won't get eaten alive for this, but I, I, I've mentioned it before, maybe not on this podcast, but I have definitely put myself out there. I'm not ashamed. Uh, you know, call me what you want. I have not seen not one second, not, not more than five minutes of any Star Wars movie. <laughs> uh, that changed this weekend. I went and saw it. I went and saw the new one without seeing any of the previous uh, six or, or however the hell many it is. <clears throat> I went and saw it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty dope. It was pretty good. If you haven't had, if you, you know, if you're not among the 100 million people that apparently saw it over the weekend, uh, I, I, I highly recommend it. You probably catch more of the little inside jokes that they had going on than I did. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> but um, dope movie. Um, there's just a couple little small intricacies about it that even you know a, a novice Star Wars uh, person like me understood that I didn't quite like. Now, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not gonna spoil it for anybody. It's, 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 only, it's, it's minor. It's, it's, it's minute. It's real minor. The one thing that kind of bothered me about it, because just based on my understanding of the of the series and, and what it's about. You know, this particular thing probably shouldn't have went the way it went, but that's that's fine. But the rest of the movie, excellent. I mean, the the I mean, when you spend you know three hundred million dollars on a movie, I guess you have no choice but the special effects to be out of this world. The, the effects were out of this world. You know, J.J. Abrams killed it. Um, I also saw some pretty good previews for some new movies coming out. Uh, some different previews for the Batman Superman joint. Uh, oh wow! Uh, that that scene, it, it the the 
longer preview in the movie it made the movie seem a little different than everything we've already seen. It, it, it takes the storyline in a different direction. Yeah, um, the latest trailer definitely does. Yeah, it, it made it, you know it's like, well, okay, this is a little bit different. Um, I'm excited. I don't give a damn what anybody else says. I'm excited for the new turtles joint too. Kiss my mm-hmm. ass. Kiss yeah. my ass. So what? <laughs> I can't wait. It, 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 it looks it looks dope. Um, mm-hmm. the 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 X Men joint looks it looks fantastic. I think we're gonna have another big year in 2016, full of blockbuster movies, uh, breaking records because it's you know comic book joints, but. Yeah, man, that's it. Everything else sports-wise, man, y'all know what it is. Hopefully my bulls can get it together. Jimmy can stop talking shit, play basketball, <laughs> and we can send Pal to the moon or some shit, hopefully. Shut your fucking mouth, Jimmy. Um, yeah. Uh, and according to sources, we talk about everything, folks. Movies, video games, sports, whatever. Uptown, but, downtown, uh, uptown, downtown, I'm everywhere, B. Everywhere. But, um... I'm gonna go ahead and, and, and close this out so we so we can all go to bed long ass night. I think it was last week. Rajon Rondo had um, gotten suspended for calling a referee a uh, fucking faggot. If I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I wasn't sure exactly what it was. I just confirmed it. Look, if any of our gay people are watching this, I didn't mean to laugh. This shit just sounds funny. <laughs> I think I think his I think his slur was fucking faggot. And um, he got suspended for it. And I think uh, the referee Bill Kennedy, I think it was Bill Kennedy, came out and yeah. announced that he was um he was homosexual. After that, it was a big blow up about it, as it should have been. And Ray Rondo, you know, he was suspended for a game, and he gave a pretty lame ass apology for for calling the referee a faggot. Um, you know. I've had my own issues with with that. Um, coming up in inner city, one of the things that we do when we talk about people, unfortunately, it's a very unfortunate thing. We we call each other faggots. It's just something. Which, which, which is why I laugh, people, because that shit that shit straight out of my childhood. Um, it's one of those things bag? that we do. It's very yep. We we call each other fucking bags. And we should be acting like a bag right now. Yep, it's wrong. It's stupid. I wish that we did not say that word as much as we do. Especially for me, I, I have a I have a brother that's uh that's homosexual, and I I I should not say that word nearly as much as I do. And for some odd reason, I can't stop saying it. I I try my best. I know it's wrong. <laughs> I want to stop. I want to be better, <laughs> and I can't stop. And I'm. And, and, I need help for my fag calling nature. I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying my best to stop saying that because it's wrong. And I, I wouldn't want someone going around and calling me a fucking nigga and saying something like that. So it's one of those things where you know. I wish I wish more people would, would understand that you know the severity of the word, even if they don't they don't. They don't understand the the reason behind it, like the reasons why people will feel the way they feel. It's the same reason why you would feel the way you would feel if you were Asian and someone called you a slanty eyed so and so, or if you was called a nigger, or if you was called like white trash or something like that. People don't like people don't empathize or even sympathize with things that aren't you know innately part of them. Something that they can you know. 
understand inherently. Like people are very selfish and ridiculous in that in that matter. Um, but that's just one of those things that I that I, that I'm trying to do better with, and I, and I would I would hope that more people would try to to do better with it as well because unlike like like most um most things being gay is not perceived as something that you are it's perceived as something that you become and it's perceived that way by people who aren't they're not gay so you have someone who has nothing to do with the situation telling you why you are the way you are and it, it empowers people to say things that they think aren't offensive because they, they, they've attached their own de definition to it. That's why in, in the city we call someone a faggot. It's not necessarily saying that they like having sex with men or women. It's just something to demean them. And I think that as a people, we should get to the point where we're no longer trying to demean other people with words that are demeaning to a subset of, of, of people. Like get rid of the niggas, get rid of the faggots, get rid of the wetbacks, get rid of all of that shit. It would be a very, very good thing if we could get rid of all those words. And to Rajon Rondo, I would say, be a fucking man, pick up the phone, call Bill Kennedy, and apologize. Fuck that Twitter bullshit. That was trash. You should be ashamed of yourself. Be a goddamn man. This is According to Sources. Um, you know where to find us. According to Sources.com. A2 Sources on Twitter, According to Sources on Facebook, Devin's there, Rob's there, I'm there. You can always find us. We always talking shit. Um, if you have any questions, you can send it to According to Sources at gmail.com. I probably will never answer those questions because I rarely check that goddamn email. But in the eventuality that I do, you might get on the phone on a podcast that we do two years from now. Um, for Rob... <laughs> Rob, hey, shout out to my fantasy football team and going for the championship this week, baby. Too bad, Maurice. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know you're going to listen. Um, Rob, Devin, important sources. We out. Peace. Go North!